Welcome to Semantically Imperfect, where we will identify, explore, examine, and navigate a plethora of topics concerning humanity and human development, moral discourse, parenting, and holistic health. I am yours truly, Semantic 7. Welcome back to Semantically Imperfect. It is an honor and privilege to host this podcast for another week, for another episode. And it's also an honor and privilege to be able to speak to all of you. I am I don't take not one episode for granted. I am grateful and I express that uh, from the mountaintop of how thankful and grateful and gracious that I am uh, that God has given me the abilities, uh, the foresight and the vision, and also the resources to put this podcast together and continuously push out content twice a week. Today, the today I'm going to use this final episode of the first season, this pilot season of Semantically Imperfect. Uh, to talk about something that is very dear to me, to talk about a, to talk about something that I really cherish to the core of my essence and what has given me the strength, the knowledge, the intellect, and the wisdom to become better and do better. And so every seventh episode of this podcast will be dedicated to Black Woman University. And what Black Woman University is all about is highlighting uh, at least one Black woman who has been influential in my pursuits to become a better version than I was yesterday a black woman who has given me the tools, techniques, information, knowledge that has propelled my my perspective and my understanding of myself and the world around me. And a black woman who has sharpened my, my toolkit. I think it's very important to use reflective learning as a, as a means to understand where you came from, to understand where you are, and to have a vision for where you want to go. And so every seventh episode will be dedicated to Black Woman University. On this particular episode, I want to champion my wife of nine years, my partner of 13, and because she has taught me so much, everybody. And I know I'm not the only black father, black man out there who learned so much from just being quiet, opening up your ears, closing your mouth, not allowing all the different stimuluses around you to grab your attention and just hone in 
on what the black women are saying, hone in on their their critiques, their feedback, their analysis of you. And so I'm dedicating this particular Black Women University, the first one on this podcast, to my wife. Before we go any further, I want everybody out there to you know, uh, follow the, uh, the Instagram. The Instagram is semantically underscore imperfect. It's monitored 24 hours a day. So go on there and subscribe to the podcast. Also, you can, we have an email that you can send inquiries, things you want to talk about, personal feedback, critiques, or if you just want to say what's up. And the email is poeticsemantics7 at gmail.com. And then lastly, subscribe to the podcast, whether it's on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the podcast and leave a review so we know how we're doing and so we know how to reshape how we're doing things or adjust things in order to meet the needs of all of you. And so now that we got that out the way, I also want to highlight before we get into Black Women University is there's there will be some changes to the podcast starting uh, next week with the Poetic Prose Monday. Uh, I've used this first season as a, as a pilot to, to get my feet wet, to hone in on the craft of recording, editing, marketing, advertising, and I'm still learning and it's been, it's been an arduous process, but what I, what I'm grateful about is the amount of love, tenderness, respect that I've been getting from my loved ones, the honest and openness that I've been getting from uh, my big homie, uh, Swarthy411. Swarthy um, I love that dude. That is my brother. That is my brother of the soul. Uh, he is my ace. He keeps me grounded. He provides me honest and candid feedback. He schools me about marketing. He's a he's a genius, y'all. So uh, if you don't know Swarthy four one one on Instagram, he's an uplifter and encourager for independent artists in Arizona. And then you know, just from me doing my own performative analysis, um, I, I, I'm I'm. Every every episode, I'm I'm trying to figure out how can I fine tune this and how can I make the necessary adjustments that are going to benefit to be beneficial for all of you. And so, with that being said, starting next week, there's going to be some changes um, to the intro. There's going to be changes of how I market the podcast. And also the name of the podcast will change as well. And all that will make sense 
on the first episode uh, for this second season starting next week. So just want to let you all know that I'm I'm here for the long run. I'm not going anywhere. And if each season I have to make changes, then that's that's going to be our prerogative. So Black Woman University. Again, I'm highlighting what you know. I'm highlighting what I learned from my wife, and I want to highlight three critical learning points that I have learned from my wife that has given me just so much insight and understanding of myself and how I can, and how can I add this to my identity and add this to my way of interacting with people, loving myself, and also dealing with anxiety, stress, and depression. And so the first lesson learned from my wife is that the measurement of any relationship is derivative of how conflict is managed and resolved. And this in particular learning point came, was given to me. I had the honor of acquiring this learning point a few months ago and it has stuck with me on how relationships should not always be about the happiness, the joy, the excitement, the laughter. It's also about those times where there is opposition, there is conflict, there is a disagreement. And it's about how you navigate through that together to maintain that harmony. The second learning point, safeguard your inner world in order to protect your kingdom as the world around you becomes more volatile. And so in this learning point, the inner world reflects the mind and the kingdom is the body. And so this particular learning point is directly associated to managing anxiety, mental, mental and physical stress and depression, and how the mind is so powerful. It's so strong that if you do not have your inner world in order, then that would just create destruction and chaos for your body. Which, and then, and as your body is going through this chaotic episode, it would just further worsen your inner world and deteriorate your inner world. And the last learning point is combat character saboteurs with grace and assertiveness. I would say that this has been, this last learning point 
has been the hardest for me. I am naturally passive. I'm conflict avoidant. And so I, I typically, if I sense hostility or I sense someone is, is uh, misrepresenting my character, personalities, my characteristics, I tend to just turn the other cheek and not, and rationalize not putting my energy into a pessimistic person. But what I have learned from my wife is that as you as you become more comfortable with the skin you, you're, you're in and you really champion self-love and you believe in your self-worth and your value then when someone is misrepresenting you or defaming you, then it is your responsibility to address that, to provide your issues and your concerns, to explain how what they're doing is, is hurtful and also to provide them not an explanation but to provide said individual with what what you will not tolerate i.e providing them your boundaries and your parameters and so those are the three learning points And I know what you're thinking. How did these three learning points come to be? I'm going to tell you. The first learning point. About the measurement of any relationship. Is derivative of how conflict is managed and resolved. It came from a time when I was struggling with some family dynamic issues. And I was just wondering why with a particular family member, when the good is good, but when it's bad, but when it's bad, it's even worse. And I never understood why any time that we had a disagreement or we didn't, or we weren't vibing on the same wavelength, how it would end up so ugly. And I'm over here trying to rationalize this, everybody. Really trying to figure out, did I do something wrong? Should I have said something differently? Should I have not said anything at all? Should I have resulted back to just being avoidant? So no feelings are, are hurt, uh, get hurt. So no, so nothing is getting blown out of proportion. 
And so I brought these concerns to my wife and mind you, any issue that I'm in, my wife is always providing that oversight. She may not always be in the room, but her ear is always, is always, uh, always wide open. And so she, she explained to me the, how, you know, the misconception of having a healthy relationship. And it's all based upon the relationships that she has uh, cultivated and nurtured with her sister and her mom, who are very close-knit, very cohesive, very communicative, very loving. And one thing that she highlighted was that what makes their relationship work is the fact that they can hold each other accountable. And that there is there is no uh, there is no second guessing of when to call someone out and to let them know when they have crossed a line, what if they whether they have hurt one another's feelings and how that particular line crossing situation is causing disconnect. And all this is through dialogue. And so what my wife is explaining to me that a relationship should incorporate all those positive moments of laughter and fun and excitement it also should it, it should also have a mechanism in place to where when bad things happen or perceived bad things happen there is a way through the muck <laughs> and i was and i was mind blown everybody i was mind blown because because I'm so avoidant and I typically put everyone's feelings before myself that the reason why this re relationship with this particular family member wasn't working is because we did not have a conflict resolution type process we didn't have the healthy communication skills to navigate through those waters. And I also define my relationships based off of happiness, positivity, and kind of shunning the thought of discord and disconnect and conflict. So that was a very monumental learning point where my wife kind of went into her monologue about 
how relationships have to be multifaceted. And I am very thankful for that very in-depth conversation that we had in our kitchen. Uh, the second uh, the second learning point about safeguarding your inner world and protecting your kingdom, that all stemmed from a recent situation where we just came back from our ultrasound appointment. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're having a baby, everybody. How exciting is that? We came from this ultrasound appointment and we're going to get lunch at Panera Bread. And so this whole time, from from the time we left the hospital, getting in the car, driving to the to the place, I'm just in disbelief. I'm in disbelief. Mainly because seeing that little baby in the ultrasound, on the ultrasound screen, uh, it made it surreal. And my analysis paralysis started to kick in. Since I'm getting out the army, I'm starting to think about health insurance. I'm thinking about, do we have enough cushion in our emergency fund savings? I'm thinking about all the different products that I have to pay for in, an or in order to give this baby the best resources available. And then I'm also thinking about my other two who are nine and six. Am I going to be able to give all three a hundred percent of me on top of that? on top of being my wife's best friend, partner, and husband. And so I disclose all of this to her and she's sitting across from me from the booth and she tells me, Kyle, you have to protect your inner world. Your inner world is what guides your footsteps. It's what guides your tongue. It, it gives you the, the drive and the motivation to move left, move right, move forward, move back. Because if you don't protect that, it can create so much distress and sickness in your body, which can lead to terminal illnesses could lead to immobility could lead to death and when she provided me that that anecdote <laughs> I didn't cry but tears formed in my eyes because I felt every word of it because when I, because when my inner world becomes disturbed or the foundation of my inner world, it gets shaken. I start feeling the anxiety and the stress in my body. 
heart beating fast, getting sweaty. I get tensed around my neck and in my shoulders. I start getting a stomach ache. All these different physical sensations are affected because of the of of allowing my inner world to become compromised. And so sitting there in that in that restaurant and her telling me that resonated so resonated with me because of what happens to me when I when I go through my you know stressful anxious episodes from from being a overanalyzer and then the last one the combat the character saboteurs with grace and assertiveness there's been a lot of incidences where my wife has witnessed me turn the other cheek but in particular when i first came to fort carson colorado i had a huge debacle with the command they were already in kuwait i just we just relocated here to colorado springs we just bought a home school was about to start and I wanted to meet with the IEP committee to ensure that my son's IEP goals and strategies were outlined properly at this new school. So I communicated that to the command in Kuwait. Um, but as I, as I prioritized honesty and transparency, what I was getting back from them was vagueness and shadiness. And it was to the point to where I ended up learning from other people who were in the room with some of the senior folk was that they were categorizing me as a complainer, as someone looking for an easy way out someone who's inconsiderate of everybody else who have who has been in kuwait i think at that time for i don't know four or five months and so when i learned about that that really crushed me this is my first impression at a unit and i just became an officer and this is how they were thinking of me just because I was prioritizing the needs of my family. So there was multiple conversations that I had with my wife because it was too much to bear. And I was leaving to go to Kuwait to, to unite with him. And she told me, because I was infuriated, and I said, well, I'm, I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to say exactly what I want to say when I want to say it and how I'm going to say it. And she said, baby, you need to relax your mind. You need to calm down and don't allow your emotions. Don't allow your emotions to dictate what you say out your mouth. You need to be calm and cool and collective. 
And when you are in there and you're talking with them, you need to address the the exact problems and issues that stemmed from their commentary and from the lack of uh, transparency that they were giving to you in relation to the transparency you were giving to them. And, and you also need to do this with the mindset that they may not hear you. They may not care enough or have the capacity to even meet you in the middle ground of understanding, recognition, and acceptance for your side of the situation. And that's okay. So I walked away from that with the confidence and the backbone to be able to look anybody in the face and say, that is not who I am. That is not the type of person that I put myself out to be. And here is why you were wrong. So thank you for that, baby. I want to leave you all with the quote of the day. Educate a man and you educate an individual. Educate a woman and you educate an entire family. The great Malcolm X. Thank you so much for being with me on this pod. I appreciate all of you in attendance, listening here and far. And I cannot wait to be able to talk to all of you and share on the next episode. Peace.